If you have a Bible, please turn to John chapter 14. We're in our series in John. We have a new series uh, starting after uh, Easter. Um, but we're in John 14 and reading from verse 15. If you, this is Jesus speaking. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me any more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Amen. Amen. And just to remind, again, in the church app, you will find week by week uh, what's called fill-in notes, a handout for this morning. And the Bible verses are in there, and it's got space in there for you to make your notes. And then if you use that every week, you can go back and search and find the things that the Lord has spoken to you about. Um, uh, just to say, um, talking about women, it was wonderful. All the women in our church that took part in, was it called Flourish? last uh, Friday and the huge range um, I think over 50 women and young and older nearly said old I shouldn't say that should I and my wife I watched my wife walk out of our bedroom I was sitting there getting ready to have I got a night off because she was busy and I said to her why are you in your pajamas and she reminded me that it was Prosecco and pajamas um, but um, you know little things like that stir my heart to see how you are connecting with one another and pressing into what the Lord has for you. So women, we love you and bless you and thank you as you lean into that and what God has for you as women. Um, so thank you for being here. Well done again on getting here. Uh, you may have had one of those mornings when everything in you was screaming, just go for a walk in the sunshine or do something else. Or, and it may still continue to be such an effort to be here, but well done in getting here and turning up. God sees it and he knows that you're here and he wants to bless you and be with you. And I really hope you caught last Sunday when I shared. If you didn't, please go to it because there were three key things I shared. The first one, I shared updates on what What's happening with our Sunday services and when we plan on going to those back to those in person. I talked about a whole load of details about new spaces and places for you as members of our church for support and for love and for care and for friendship and relationship and all the things that we think you're going to need as we come out of lockdown. Mentioned those last Sunday and then I also talked about amazing new ways that we've been investing behind the scenes with people in our church to connect to our community to bring love to them care to them and blessing to them and support to them and how you can take part in those so if you want any of those three things go and listen to last Sunday if you missed it and they're all on your phone in the app now what I want you to do right now is just pause if you're able to with whatever's going on 
around you. Pause. And just think about your body. Anyone got any aches and pains today? Headaches? There's a bit of nodding going on in here in the room. Some tension? If you just become aware, I'm, some of you are like, what? what is this weird thing? Just trust me, try it. Think about your body. How are you sitting? What are you carrying in your body? How's your heart today? Is your heart tender? Is it open? Is it bruised? Is it sore? Is it full of love, apprehension? What about your thoughts? What were you thinking about before I asked you to do this? What was your mind on? What's been preoccupying you? Because you see, in this passage, one of the things we're going to explore, so the main thing I'm going to explore from this passage is the good news that whatever you're carrying in your bodies, or your heart, or your soul, or your mind, that heaven is open over us and available to us through Jesus, for his presence and his support. That's the good news. Now, this doesn't mean that challenging things won't happen to us. Jesus promised us that in this life we would have many troubles. But he made some amazing promises, and these promises are in here, guaranteed by him and the Holy Spirit, that we will have his presence and his power with us. So, verse 15, there's this word, in, I read it from the NIV, it's translated as advocate. If you've got a different Bible translation, or you've read some um, over the years, you will have noticed it's sometimes translated as comforter, strengthener, encourager. In fact, it's a word that wasn't used in the Old Testament, and, and it was a more a secular term, and John uses it here, and, and it means many things, all of those things, and more. Now, the Greek word the words that Jesus uses. Jesus talks about alos, parakletos. Alos means another. Parakletos is the paraclete, the advocate, the encourager, the strengthener. Jesus says that he is going to not leave us alone, but there will be another parakletos, a comforter, an advocate. And the NIV I read from translates it as advocate. One of the reasons we use the word advocate, it's also about a representative. So the first thing on your notes, um, what is an advocate? A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-E. -E. I still spell it. I don't know why. I write the word advocar, which is a drink, isn't it? <laughs> and I remember when I first became a Christian at 17, I misheard the word and I thought, and it's stuck with me since I was 17. Why is this, why is an alcoholic drink in the Bible? But it's not advocar, it's the advocate. And I had to learn what an advocate was. John 14, verses 16 to 17. Jesus says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, Alos Parakletos, to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Now, the word, let's just look at the word paraclete itself. It's actually made of two words, para and kalio. Para means with and kalio means truth. So it is with a with truth. I will send you the with truther. Someone who stands with you, alongside you, in your place and representing you. What is an advocate? Well, I know advocacy quite well. Some of you may have advocated for other people to be present with them. 
I have had to, we've got a disabled special needs daughter and she has many advocates. I have to function as her advocate and go to meetings. I had to go to one this week and be her representative. I have power of attorney for her where I legally represent her for health and finances and other things. She has many people who go with her, come alongside her and they protect her, support her, represent her. And once you start to unpack what that really means, it's such a powerful word. There's so much in this about Jesus uh, being uh, an advocate for us in the Holy Spirit. But, it's, but two things I wanted to focus on that advocacy means. There is a softness to advocacy. It's about relationship, love and care. To come alongside and care and love and not be alone. You are not alone. But there is also a firmness and a toughness and a hardness that an advocate has power, responsibility, legal authority and standing. It's an amazing word to have an advocate. And that's why I said at the beginning, if you think about what's going on in your body and your heart and your mind and your soul, and I've been mindful of this this week in, in pre preparing for this week with some things that have been troubling me and difficult for me and I've gone, Lord, I need an advocate. I need someone to draw alongside me and say, it's going to be all right, but someone who can help me. That's an amazing promise from Jesus. And Jesus explains to the disciples, with all that's about to happen, his death and resurrection is about to come, and they might be worried that they've been left alone, and he's saying, you're not going to be left alone, you're not going to be orphaned. But with all the challenges and the struggles and the difficulties you're about to face, you are going to have my care and my protection. And also, this is unique in the New Testament. This is not in the Old Testament. Jesus introduces something new and an understanding. And he says, I'm going to send another comforter, another paraclete. Jesus is one advocate and there's this other advocate for us, the Holy Spirit. Second thing. So the first advocate is Jesus, if you're filling that in on the fill-in notes. My dear children, um, sorry, and so, this, so John writes this in the Gospels, but John also, if you go to the end of your Bible, you'll find 1 John and 2 John. And in 1 John 2 verse 1, John writes this for us. One of the ways that we know what John meant about the word advocate is how he uses it other times and in other ways. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, he will have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And there's a meaning there about advocate, which we get the legal representation that before God, and some of you, if you've been Christians a while, you'll know this well, that, and, and this mention of sin, of doing things that we shouldn't do, and that when we stand before God, Jesus represents us and stands with us on our behalf to say that we are with him as we, as we face God in that. Jesus tells us that he is going to send the Holy Spirit but he is the first advocate. Jesus is the first advocate. He hasn't abandoned us in his death and resurrection. He hasn't gone away and just sent the Holy Spirit. He is still with us. But also the Holy Spirit is now with us as a second advocate for the presence of God. The key thing here is we really must attend to why we need an advocate in the first place. We might want a friend, we might want someone powerful, but why do we need an advocate before God? I'll say that again. Why do we need an advocate before God? 
What's my life got to do with God? And right at the heart of there is the issue of, especially for Christians, we believe, we should believe that our life is God's. It's not mine. He gave it to me. I have a responsibility to use it in the way that he meant. And what I do with myself and my life in this life has eternal consequences. And that God is judge of all life and what we do. And we need representation before God. Now, this idea of um, Jesus, again, I'm going to have to talk in shorthand because it's not the main talk this morning, that God will judge us at the end of time and the sin in our lives and the things we've done that in Christ we're represented by Jesus. He has paid the price for us. There's so many passages and we talk about that as part of the gospel, but it's not the whole gospel. Some Christians have the, make the fallacy of reducing Christianity to what happens when you die and you just turn up in some godly court and face judgment and Jesus acquits you and has paid the price. That is a small part of the advocacy that Jesus makes for us. It's a very important part, but it is not all of the advocacy. We're also told in Hebrews 7 verse 25, sorry this won't be on the screen because I forgot to give it to the AV team. We're told that Jesus is currently interceding for you and I. You know when we have prayer meetings and we pray for people, I mean I know about this verse and I've heard it many times, but it really struck me this week and I just couldn't, it haunted me in a way and I was like, Lord you're praying for me this week. Jesus is talking to the Father about us. Father, look, look what Jace, look what he's going through, look what's happening. Lord, help with that. Do something with that. Also mindful of Gabriel, I've been reading through the Gospels again, and Gabriel appears, appears to Mary, appears to Zechariah. I'm like, oh Lord, have you ever sent Gabriel after me? I sometimes wonder when I look back on my life about the amazing things that God has done. Have you got interventions in your life, things that you never expected and can't be explained other than God's sovereignty? And I suspect Jesus was praying for you and the forces of heaven rush around you. That's the advocacy. Advocacy and representation around judgment about us, advocacy and in interceding for us. And, the, and the, here's why we need advocacy. God is not my buddy. He is not my best friend. He is not Father Christmas. He is not a genie to rub and get promises from. He is the Lord of creation. Every breath that I have is his. I am, as John Mumford, who used to be our national director of Vineyard Churches, he used to say, I'm changing God's pocket. He can spend me on what he wants. The scandal of Christianity is that my life is not my life to do with what I want with it. It is God's. It is God's. And he looks at how I live my life and what I do with it. Um, Exodus 33 verse 20. Um, God speaks to Moses and he says, Moses, here's the, here, here is how bad this challenges about you not understanding who I am compared to who you are you cannot even see me without dying any of you remember that from Exodus God said if you were to really see me you'd die that's how challenging the situation of your life and the world that you're in and it is why we need an advocate Someone to stand before us and represent us. Someone to make it possible for us to go to God, possible to meet with God, and possible to meet God without dying. Any of you remember the passage from last week? So we've got that truth from Exodus, but then we've got Jesus in, uh, we looked in John 14 last week. 
Jesus said he was the way, the truth and the life. He also said this in the passage we looked at last week. If you've seen me, you have seen... I can hear you all talking to your TV screens. You've seen the Father. We need an advocate. The impossibility. Nobody can see God and live unless Jesus enables them to see him. For all these reasons, this is what this advocacy is on a universal, cosmological and personal scale for us. So that was what an advocate is. Jesus is the first advocate. Then we have the second advocate here. Verse 16, again, if you're looking at your fill-in notes or on the screen. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and, will be, and he will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Have you this is a little aside. Have you ever read the Gospels and noticed how when Jesus was arrested, the disciples seemed to forget every single thing that Jesus had told them? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever sometimes wondered if you were ever a Christian at all? Has life crept up on you and happened to you? And it's like the bit of you that knows Jesus and heard from him and knows the things he said to you disappear for a week or a month or a year. And we have to be reminded. And the Holy Spirit comes along, the second advocate, to remind us. And he had to do this. We looked last week. Jesus saw, I talked about the road to Emmaus at the end of Luke. Jesus is walking along and the disciples are so traumatized, they forget what Jesus even looks like. That's why we need an advocate and more. So this second advocate is the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus, in, as we're reading the gospel stories, was limited to doing things in person. Have you noticed how... Jesus didn't heal everybody. He couldn't. He didn't have time. And he was also limited in one-to-one -one exchanges with people. People were coming to him and to see him. And there was a limitation to his advocacy and his proximity. And he tells us in the passage, he's warning the disciples that what he is doing and the way that he is making to God so that we can know God and be represented before God and have God's love and care and presence and power in our lives, that he has come and that what's about to happen to him is necessary so that he is released and everyone has access to this advocacy if they want it. His death and resurrection is necessary. Um, the TV series The Chosen, which I'll make no, no apologies for, absolutely love, and I'm re-watching it, just uh, in, in love with this Jesus um, who's in it. And in the last episode, with the story of the woman at the well, which they redo so beautifully, and bring it alive and dramatise it, and how this woman, and you see her backstory, is just in a moment transformed and encounters Jesus. And rushes off saying, I've got to tell everybody about you. And then all the disciples are there and they, they all gather around and Jesus and they all go, oh, guess we're staying here for a couple of days. Because Jesus is present and he's going to go and he's going to tell them more about the Father. And that's, the, that's what, the truth of what happened in that story. Jesus then dwelt with the Samaritans, a people who shouldn't have been allowed to know God. And he went and he spent two days praying for them, speaking about the love of the Father. But I love the way they dramatise it. And they go, let's go. It's not in the Bible, but 
It might as well be. The disciples' excitement that God was with them, and it was like, let's go. And I remember watching that, thinking, oh, that's so amazing. I want to do that. If I'd have been there, would I have gone, I want to go. And then the realisation again that I get to go. Jesus is still alive, still risen. This is not 2,000 years ago. That miracle from 2,000 years ago is true now. And he says, let's go. And I get to say, Jesus, I want to go with you. The other thing is in the, in the Chosen, we, I love how we see the story build up and the calling of Matthew. Some of us, you know, we read through the Gospels and you see these moments when Jesus says, follow me, follow me, follow me. But people's whole lives are on the line. Every dream, every aspiration, every disappointment, every hurt, every pain, every relationship, everything they have wondered about God. And, and they see and they hear Jesus in different ways. And then he turns to them and it looks at them and he says, follow me. Follow me. He's the advocate. Follow me. I can take you. If you see me, you can see the Father. If you come with me, I can take you into his presence. If you come with me, you'll get encouragement and peace and power. And you will bring that to other people. And for all of this is why the Holy Spirit comes. I think some of us think the Holy Spirit is there to make us feel something. Or often to get us something. I haven't got time this morning. It's a whole, it would be a whole talk. But the Holy Spirit in scripture has one particular, if not sole, role. And it is to bring more of Jesus into our lives. That's it. The Holy Spirit is not there for parking spaces. Even though he helps me from time to time with them. The Holy Spirit is there to bring more of Jesus to us. More of the advocate. Remember the beginning of this talk. Did you want the advocate? Anything in your heart, your mind or your soul where you're thinking, I could really do with this advocate. That's who the Holy Spirit brings to us. Anything that you're facing, the promise and the guarantee by the Holy Spirit to bring Jesus to us. We have two advocates. Jesus is the first advocate and the Holy Spirit brings him to us. Fourth thing, last thing. Um, the conditions for advocacy are love and obedience. Yes, and I did use the word conditions. This love and advocacy is conditional, Jesus tells us in this passage. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. And Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. This is the most challenging part of this passage. So let's take a little step back about advocacy. What's your real advocate? Where do you get your comfort and encouragement and strength from? Where is the buffer between you and life? Is it your family? Have you during COVID looked around and gone, thank goodness for my family? Is it your pension? How many of you have looked at your pension thinking, I wish it was a bit bigger because that would have helped right now. Or I'm nearly there. How much of you, our buffer and our comfort and our strength is our job or our holidays or our bank balance? And all those things can be good things and helpful things, especially in difficult times. But they are not meant to be our primary advocate for life. 
And there is a moment in COVID. And I'm increasingly thinking, if, if you have been through challenges, anyone here in this room had any challenges and difficulties in COVID? It's bad enough to go through them, but it is worse to have gone through them and completely waste them. The opportunity that COVID brings. The forced removal of the other advocates in our life. Now, hopefully we're coming out of lockdown and some of these things will come back to us. But there is an opportunity right now, just as the disciples were about to find out. They had given up everything for him and then were about to go into one of the most difficult times of their lives. And Jesus is saying, don't waste it. Use this to see what you're really relying on and living for and what your real advocacy for life is. And there is a conditionality to this advocacy. The promise of Jesus as the, as the first advocate and the Holy Spirit as the second. And you might say, well, that doesn't sound fair. Well, this is the way that it works. And let me try in my own words to finish to say why I think it works this way. And it's pretty normal for it to work this way. And we should understand that it does. The advocacy that Jesus promises is conditional upon love, if we love him, and if we're obedient, i.e. if we follow him and do what he says. He says it in that passage. If you go back and read it, notice how many times Jesus says the same thing in slightly different ways. His advocacy is dependent upon love and obedience. Well, you and I know that real love results in action, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Real love results in a response. It results in formation and attention and direction. That's what obedience is. Obedience is taking, is taking life and making decisions and investments and doing things around the object of what you love. Words really are cheap. Show me your love. We know that phrase. Turn up. Be available. It's the cliche of so many movies, isn't it, of the husband or the wife who, when they're in love, follow each other and there is this, this immediate flow of, of obedient interaction and action together. And then somehow life happens. And one of them ends up saying to the other one at some point in life, just be here. You're not available anymore. Where are you? Your body's here, but your heart's not here. Your thoughts aren't here. Your mind's not here. Your love isn't here. Now, we know that in relationships. And Jesus is saying it's no different with our Heavenly Father and Him. God cannot help Himself that when we love His Son, and when we say, yes, Lord, it opens heaven over us in a way that heaven is not, because the Father responds to love. And our love for his son. Words are cheap. Show me. And we also know that real love elicits presence, doesn't it? This advocacy. Real love elicits softness and care. Real love also uh, brings representation and strength. You see, one of the ways that my kids know that I love them is that I tell them and I'm unavailable to them. But it means I come alongside them and I hug them and I comfort them and I listen to them and I give them advice and I remind them of the best of who they are. I advocate for them. But also as a father, because of my love, I do things for them. I take action for them. I pay for things for them. Many, many times. 
I don't think that ever ends, does it? But that, you know, to, to love them and be present with them, but do nothing for them wouldn't be real love. Just as some, some people, you know what it's like. Some of you have actually had parents like this. They may do things for you, but they haven't shown care and love. That love for you and the softness for you. And Jesus is saying that our Father draws alongside us with him. I mean, what a stunning thing that the God of creation with the Father, that when we say, Jesus, I love you. I was thinking this week, I was walking along going, Jesus, I love you. I want to say yes to you. And thinking that all of heaven opens over me when I say that. And that Jesus draws close to me and the Spirit comes to me to bring God to me. Do you know the most dangerous place in the world to be is to not love God and to not do what he says. But the safest place to be right now, remember right at the beginning, it's my last sentence here. You know your heart, your soul, your mind? The safest place to be is to love Jesus and to do what he says. Amen.